Welcome inside episode 708 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, and it's another day off for the Ottawa Senators back in action tomorrow night when they host the Seattle Kraken. However, there was a new familiar face back at practice. And speaking of familiar faces, the Canadian World Junior team has won gold yet again. We'll break down all the Sens prospects in this tournament. And Brady Kachuk is heading to his third NHL All-Star game. How can we get Tim Stutzler there? What about Claude Giroux? We'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützler, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Friday. January 6th, the show is free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to subscribe to the YouTube channel. The Road to 5000 continues and leave a comment below. Our comment is, who do you want us to power vote in for the fan vote for the NHL All-Star Game? Brady Kachuk, I mentioned in the intro, will be your Senators representative, but there's three spots left on the roster, one goalie and two players. The voting is open on online, NHLFanVote.com. You can head to Twitter, at Send Central. We got the link for you there. Is it Tim Stutzla? Is it Claude Giroux? I think the poll on Twitter, Pilsy, had Timmy at 90%. Yeah, it's got to be Timmy. And look, I would love for Claude uh, to go as well, especially since he was the All-Star MVP last year and to represent uh, Ottawa this time. But also, I feel like guys like that, they don't want to go to the All-Star game. They want the week off with their family. So uh, I wouldn't mind giving Claude uh, that time to spend with his family. And I want Timmy there. Like, Timmy it was my guy since uh, since the start of this discussion. And imagine Timmy, Brady, and Matthew at the All-Star game. It'd be like the three, the three brothers back together. Maybe Matthew will actually say hi to him this time. Well, wait, who was my initial All-Star game vote? I think it was Claude. No, it's Brady Kachuk. Come on, dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Last time Brady Kachuk went to the All-Star game, he planted the seed for Claude Giroux to come to Ottawa. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they, they have that photo of them having a little chat. Yeah. Well, Giroux said it himself. He's like, or um, Brady's like, I was told to be on my best behavior around Claude at, at the All-Star game. <laughs> That's good. Good job behaving, Brady. We appreciate uh, that. What event would you put Brady Kachuk in? In the skills competition, yeah, this this is why I had Timmy ahead of Brady because is there a is there a crash the net event? Is there a, a fighting event? Is there who who can have the hardest hit event? I don't know. Probably the the shot, the accuracy shooting event. Although I didn't watch the video between him and Thomas Chabot. How did that one end up? I think he did all right. The ac- yeah, yeah okay. I think accuracy shooting might be the play. I think that's where you put him. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the shootout. I mean, he, he's got a couple moves in his, his bag of tricks. The the yeah. old shoulder dip backhand five hole like he did against uh, Shesterkin there in New York. That could be sure. a play. 
Yep. Let us know in the comments as well. I want to hear what what event should Brady Kachuk partake in. I know in Vegas they did all those gimmicky events when in Rome type thing. Uh, but in South Florida, what are they going to do, a tanning event? No, they're uh, on 32 Thoughts. They had the guy that plans all these special games on. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, apologies. But he was saying that there's going to be something to do with uh, a very popular animal in Florida. I'm assuming he means gators. Uh, there's going to be some sort of alligator thing. So, And I think there's going to be a dunk tank uh, there, which would be like an accuracy shooting. you you got a guy trying to shoot, hit the target to knock a guy in the dunk tank. So those are a couple things that I think are on deck here for the Florida All-Star game. So they're not going down to the SLS South Beach and uh, who can have the most shots by the pool, that sort it, of event, when in, when I mean, in Miami. If it was tanning, the Ottawa Senators have been passing around tanning goggles all season, so they should be set for that. They are ready. Speaking of those Ottawa Senators, they were on the practice ice today. After our next break, we will get into who was at practice from the injured list and skating on defense because one of the players who's typically in the top six had to leave and come back. We think he might not be 100%. We're waiting on an update right now as it's 11 a.m. Eastern, the Senators just wrapped up their practice, but let's talk about Team Canada at the World Juniors. Gold medalist once again, the second time in six months for Zach Ostapchuk and the rest of the Canadian national team. This was a fantastic hockey game that I thought they were going to cradle to bed, fluff the pillows in the third period, but instead, give Czechia credit. No quit with them. They scored two goals in 54 seconds. Force overtime where your best players are your best players, and that's what happened with Team Canada. Bedard had a few chances. They don't go in and just leave it to a guy who's playing in the NHL, Dylan Genther, with the Arizona Coyotes scoring the golden goal. Yeah, Ross, I was working at the brewery last night, and it was 2-0 Canada. I go back to the fridge to get some more limes, to chop up some more limes for drinks. I come back out. And it's 2-2. I was like, what the heck happened here? And the guys that were sitting at the bar just shaking their head. They were not as happy as they were earlier. But it was pretty sweet, uh, that overtime goal. The whole bar was going nuts. So that was a fun moment to be a part of. And you just knew when that two-on-one started, everybody got up out of their seats. Like, it was, it was that classic, like, whoa, okay. And then when it's Dylan Genther on uh, the receiving end, putting that one away, you're going to get that more often than not as he's an elite sniper uh, in his own right. So it was great that they were able to pull it off because I think if Czechia ends up winning that, uh, that ends up being a wild story for Team Canada. Two losses to Czechia, including one in the gold medal game. That would be a serious turn of events. Yeah, it certainly would have. Glad it didn't happen. Instead, yeah. Canada gets to keep World Junior Gold, glory, in back-to-back overtime fashion, right? Like True. Did it in the summer with the Mason McTavish pulling it off the goal line, Ken Johnson going the other way, and now you're getting to see the next wave of players doing just that. Shane Wright was fantastic in this game. Wonder where he went in the draft. Oh, he was passed over at first overall by Montreal. Ah, interesting. I wonder if he's in the lineup tomorrow for the Seattle Kraken. Probably not. you got to give him a couple days to celebrate. Maybe he'll be in the building. Be kind of cool if they could give him an ovation if he was up in the press box because he, I assume he's rejoining Seattle. Yeah, I mean, Ottawa, Halifax, it's not that far of a trip. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And uh, speaking of teams' prospects, Pierre Dorian likes winners. 
How about Zach Stapchuk? Back-to-back gold medals in a span of only a few months. Like, that's just insane. Yep. I loved what I saw from Zach Stapchuk. You know what vibes he gives me, Pilsy? Who? Nick Paul vibes. Oh, okay. Zach, Zach of Stapchuk does it all. Doesn't have the same ring to it, but let's hope that's the case. No, he's just a big body. He's rangy. He, he skates better than Nick Paul did at this age, but still, it, they just, they're such like presences when they go in on the forecheck. They've got this long reach. And I mean, Scott Wheeler said it in his notebook like, he didn't lose many foot races and he didn't lose many board battles. When he was going in to get a puck, a 50 50 puck, he was coming out with it more like 80% of the time. I I think he was a driving force in their penalty kill. How about the quote that Brett Clark had? LA Kings defenseman, another sick tournament, Ottawa boy, shout out Nepean. And he he said that in video every day, the coach, they go, you sh- do what Chucky does. Do what, do what Zach Kostapchuk does. So he's already endeared himself to the coaching staff here. And yeah. just a great tournament overall, I thought, for Zach Kostapchuk. He had two goals and one assist in the championship run. Now, Thomas Amara finished with the silver medal. Tyler Boucher gets bronze. And Oscar Pedersen finishes fourth, but he had the most goals tied with Zach Stapchuk. Or sorry, let me rephrase that. He had the most points in the tournament tied with Tyler Boucher among Sens prospects. However, Boucher missed the bronze medal game. Why? Well, we've got some inside information for you that we'll share right after a quick word from one of our favorite sponsors today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at built bar and when you're in a tournament like the world juniors you probably would hope that these players are getting their protein throughout it so maybe they packed a couple built bars in their suitcases and the reason we love built bars so much is because they are a company that focuses on making their protein bars taste good. Then they figure out how to make it healthy. I mean, the best example of that is the built puffs. It's a chocolate covered marshmallow bar. You're thinking, okay, that's not healthy. There's no way wrong. It's a protein infused marshmallow. Bless you, Ross, for that sneeze. But built bar has so many amazing flavors that It just makes it so easy to have a healthy, nutritious, and delicious snack. I mean, their slogan is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and for a good reason. They've got the Built Puffs, which I mentioned are marshmallows with protein infused. Every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They've got granola bars. They've got the classic protein bars. They've got the minis. Whatever you like, you can find it at builtbar.com, I should say, and If you want something a little sweeter, we've got you a little discount. Of course, you know we're hooking you guys up with a discount. Use our promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your next order. So guys, head to the website today, Built.com, promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. We love our friends over at the Glebe Central Pub. You can find them as well at 779 Bank Street. I've been following them on social media as well, especially their Instagram account at Glebe underscore Central underscore Pub, where they they let you know what's coming up, whether it's live music, themed events. You could have watched the World Junior gold medal game there. And I will personally guarantee that when the Ottawa Senators are playing, 
the Ottawa Senators are on the TVs at the Glebe Central Pub. It's a neighborhood spot in the heart of the Glebe, right in like walking distance from TD Place, walking distance from Lansdowne. It's just a perfectly located spot, quaint little area. But man, once you get in there, the vibes are elite. We can't wait to make our way to the Glebe Central Pub. Details coming. 779 Bank Street. Just make sure you tell them that Locked On Senators sent you drink specials, great food, brunch. You can't go wrong at the Glebe Central Pub. So visit them at 779 Bank Street and let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. All right, Pillsy. We'll have a game day preview coming up as well before tomorrow's game in Ottawa against the Seattle Kraken. Hey, how'd the Kraken do last night, Pills? Uh, They beat up on the Toronto Maple Leafs 5-1. I mean, and whenever it's a battle between Matt Jones, or Matt Jones, Matt Murray and Martin Jones, you're wondering what way is this going to go? And uh, Martin Jones comes up with the victory here. Which way did it go? It probably went high glove is my guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into that uh, as we get to our game preview. But uh, yeah, still the same old weaknesses for Matt Murray. Interesting. After I got 130 replies to Leaf fans telling me I was an idiot, and now Matt Murray has an 879 save percentage since that tweet. Yeah, and I saw someone tweet out that the Leafs are 32nd in the league in uh, combined team save percentage since December 15th. So all those Leafs fans that were Duncan on Sens fans saying thanks for Matt Murray. And what was that meme where it's uh, Kyle Dubas laughing, making the the call to NHL trades? Well, probably not so funny now. Yeah, well, I'm sure things will be just fine come playoffs with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll have a full game day preview against the Seattle Kraken, who in a pretty bad division, I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. The Pacific Division is probably the worst pound for pound in the National Hockey League. They're third right now behind Vegas and Los Angeles in that area. They're 5-4-1 in their last 10 games. We'll save that for later. We want to finish up our World Junior conversation and the unfortunate issue that was Tyler Boucher's injury in the the game against Canada. The injury took place in the second period, popped his shoulder out, dislocated shoulder. However, unlike the Josh Norris's, the Shane Pinto's, the Ridley Gregg's, it seems like it's not going to be a long-term thing. They're still waiting on a few tests, but I can tell you that it is in all likelihood shorter than longer term. And that's good for your Ottawa 67s, Ross, as you're rocking the 67s hat. Uh, They're going to want to get him back for sure. But man, Tyler Boucher, just it seems like when finally he's getting a good stretch he hits a bump in the road uh, with a dislocated shoulder here. So we're hoping that uh, he recovers soon and uh, we're going to get him back on the show pretty soon here. Yes. Great tournament for him though. Good showing yeah. really uh, a lot of good notes from Scott Wheeler in his notebook at the athletic. And you know that uh, scouts are, are usually pretty quick to be tough on him, but uh, it sounds like by all accounts, he had a great tournament as well. I mean, the, the points they jumped out as well. He had three goals in this tournament, and it was in a in a two-game span because he had the two goals, um, I want to say against Finland, uh, if I'm not mistaken there, but three goals and one assist for four points 
in six games. Meanwhile, um, the, the team he beat in the semifinals, Sweden, with Oscar Pedersen. Pedersen scored his best goal of the tournament in the bronze medal game, going off the left wall. Nice little shot barring in. Two goals and two assists for Oscar in the tournament. I'm sure he's not feeling too great about the way that their team ended, right? The only one of the four finalists sends prospects to not leave with a medal, but he should be proud of that performance. And Pilsy, the good news with him and Thomas Amara, who wins silver, is they're both able to be back here at this tournament next season. Yeah, that it, in all likelihood, that'll be Thomas Mara's third World Juniors, which is pretty crazy. Uh, it doesn't happen that often. And speaking of crazy, 8-7 overtime win for the Team USA in the bronze game. Like, I think, obviously, you want to be in the crowd for any Team Canada game in Canada. But those people that got to witness the bronze medal game, they did not get disappointed. Like, that is an insane game. 15 goals and you get extra hockey. Whew. Although, Ross, uh, let's get into a little discussion here. How do you feel about three-on-three three for the overtime? I, I'm i so mixed on it. Like, part of me is just like, come on. You're deciding medals here. It's the end of the tournament. Just play classic five-on-five. Five. But then part of me is like, these are the best, most exciting prospects in the world. And there's no more exciting way to display the game of hockey than three-on-three. Three. So I'm so torn here. Do, do you land one way or another on that? I think in a gold medal game, it's it's a little much having it down to three on three. I think four yeah. on four would be would be perfect because I oh, get it. Interesting. I was not expecting you to go that route. Okay. Well, well with five on five, I, I get it. They they want a goal in the first twenty minutes because yeah. nobody wants a shootout to decide a gold medal game. No, As they far- wouldn't do a shootout if it doesn't get solved in overtime. Just go to shootout. Yeah, it's one twenty minute period. And they, they just recently made it that long. I want to say it was 10 minutes before because in 2017, that iconic game between Canada and the U.S. for, for Sens fans, it was Colin White against Thomas Shabbat. Right. Uh, but in that game, it went to a shootout. Remember, yeah. wasn't that Troy Terry? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. That that's It cannot be going to a shootout. What is this, soccer, where championships are decided on shootouts, penalty kicks? I don't like that at all. No, two-on-ones two on are, are much more preferred. Uh, absolutely there. So yes, that's, that was a great world junior though, in terms of the, the, awesome. the, the parody with teams upsets from day yeah. one with Finland losing to Switzerland. And then it just kind of steamrolled from there. Slovakia beat team USA. Like it was Czech an- beat Canada game one, like awesome tournament overall. Of course there are the undertones of the hockey Canada scandal, which uh, still has not been resolved. Uh, unfortunately, so we're, we're still waiting on that. But, I mean, if you're just talking about the on-ice product, it was as good as you could have hoped in Halifax. And, and the crowd, stick taps to the crowd Thanks. in Halifax and Moncton, New Brunswick. They brought it, and you it really, the energy came through on TV. So it was just great to see. And I'd say overall, I'll give it from a Sens prospects perspective, like an 8 out of 10. Yeah. It wasn't like the Mika Zibanejad golden goal. It wasn't a player winning best forward like Tim Stutzler, best defenseman like Eric Carlson. You didn't have an MVP, MVP Thomas Shabbat. But it was a a workmanlike effort from guys who I think are going to be middle six guys in the NHL at best. So um, fun, fun to watch, though. And Canada comes out victorious, so we love to see that. Yeah, and especially having all four Sens prospects make it to, to the finals here. 
that's great showing. It's good experience for all these kids. So, yeah, I would agree. I thought this was a great World Junior Tournament. Certainly better than the summer one. Oh, way better than the summer one in front of just yeah. a bad crowd, eh, in, uh, in Edmonton? Yeah, well, like Scott said, it just seemed like no one in Edmonton was really fired up about it. Obviously, the big games, Canada, they they showed up, but it wasn't like that buzz that like the World Juniors are here. It it just it wasn't there in Edmonton in the summer. And I, I'm not I'm not saying uh, bad sports town Edmonton, but oh, it's just champions. A, yeah, city of champions. But it's it's so weird to have the World Juniors in the summer. So I just think that threw everything off. It's nice. It's back at its regular schedule. And another quick um, little debate we can have here, Ross, I think it might have been TSN 1200 that tweeted this one out. Should the World Juniors always be played in a non-NHL city? How do you feel about that? I don't buy it. I'll sell that. I I, I like it because I think it gives, like, Halifax doesn't have an NHL team. Sure, they have a team in the queue, the Mooseheads. But I feel like there's so many Canadian cities that just don't quite have enough population and oomph to support an NHL city, but there's su- such rabid uh, hockey fans there that they deserve to have uh, a big show and a big platform to show off their city and the fans go to games. So I, I actually kind of like that idea personally. So I think, I think that it should be more in, in those smaller markets, but like, I mean, Ottawa is the perfect example. They supported that team, but it's also a junior town, right? Like, they, yeah. they were able to have half the games at Lansdowne, half the games at the CTC, but, like, the atmosphere at the Canadian Tire Centre was electric back in 2009. And sure. you, you just think of the opportunities in NHL um, areas in the States, too. Like, what about a World Junior in Vegas or, or one of these new, mm-hmm. new spots that are coming up? Um, I, th- I think it'd be pretty fun. But all in all, in Canada, yeah, like, the one in Saskatchewan was unbelievable yeah. that they had there in Regina and Saskatoon. Like, yeah, I, um, I think that let's go. I'll say 80%. I'd like to see. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you there. Yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. But even, even better if you have an, uh junior team and an NHL team like the Seattle Kraken where the Seattle Thunderbirds are also in town. Let's get into a game day preview. The Seattle Kraken are coming to Ottawa for only the second time in their franchise history. Full game day preview next here on Locked On Senators. All right, Pilsy. Just want to give some love to Damar Hamlin. Obviously, his story is kind of and captured the the sporting world, the Buffalo Bills uh, safety who collapsed on the field. He's off a ventilator and yep. FaceTimed into his teammates. So that that did not look like a situation he was going to come out of alive. So it is very, very, very good to see that he is coming to it. And it's just another reminder that nurses and doctors are right up there with with when you talk about heroes, they're right up there at the top. Big time. Yeah, I was watching the game live. Uh, you guys know I'm a Bengals fan, so I was watching Bengals-Bills, and it was it was a scary moment, that's for sure, because no one really knew what was going on. And that's the thing. Like, without these high-class professionals in the health industry that are at the game, that know what's going on, that know how to react, that know what needs to be done when and what the procedure is, you know, like 30 seconds could be crucial for saving this young man's life. So I think everyone uh, that helped him 
whether it's people on the field to when he got to the hospital, they all deserve major uh, applause and sick taps because that was a scary situation that seems like is becoming much more positive and optimistic. So yeah, we're glad to hear that for sure. For, for more on that situation, Locked On Buffalo Bills is all over that. You can find yep. that wherever you get your podcast. All right, DJ Smith speaking to the media right now. But first, let's tell you that Matthew Joseph was back with his teammates for the first time wearing a non-contact yellow jersey. So that's good to see. But Pilsy, he didn't spend the entire practice with Josh Norris on what we'll call the infirmary line. He actually spent some time playing defense because Travis Hamanick was kind of in and out. And of course, he blocked that huge shot at the end of Tuesday's shutout win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right now, Ottawa doesn't have any extra defensemen up. Remember, they've been running with seven defensemen most of the year, whether it's Hetherington or Larson. And obviously, JBD got sent down, but he was in the lineup whenever he was up here. Do you think there's a chance we could see a lineup change going into Saturday? Maybe not Hamannick, but Norris, Joseph, just one practice. They're probably not coming back this Saturday this soon, do you think? Well, Joseph, definitely not. I mean, he's in a non-contact jersey the day before the game. I don't, I don't see that happening. And I'm still on the the kind of hope that they hold Josh Norris off a little longer here again. I don't like that's just me trying to be safe. I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying that if he goes in now, it's it's a risk or whatever. That's just me being like, okay, we've seen what happens when we bring guys in with shoulder injuries, maybe too early or earlier than uh, necessary. And it doesn't always go well. So for me, I'm sticking to Pillsy preaching patience with Josh Norris here. Yeah, I don't think that we're going to see any of them back in action. It's too bad because the last and only time the Seattle Kraken have ever come to Ottawa Josh Norris scored the game winner in overtime. It was a 4-3 victory. Norris had two goals in that game. I want to say last March, last January. I think it was March. It was, yeah, it felt like later on in the season. One thing I can tell you from our conversation earlier, Pilsy, is that Shane Wright will not be in the building with okay. the Seattle Kraken. He has been reassigned to junior. Whoa, that's a bombshell because now you've got the Kingston Frontenacs who – from all accounts, seem like they're going to set up a big trade here to send him to a contending team so that he can get some Mem Cup time. So watch out for a blockbuster trade upcoming in the CHL. Ottawa? Ooh, <laughs> that'd be Arshin cool. Arshin already replied to the tweet and said, welcome to the London Knights. Yeah, yeah, that's that's likely. That's classic. So anyways, Shane Wright will take his gold medal down to the OHL. He hadn't been playing a lot or very well in the NHL. He had that conditioning stint in the minors in the AHL and did well there, but you can only keep a player down for two weeks. Otherwise, especially at his age with the CHL agreement, you have to be reassigned. So he will be in the OHL, but there are still lots of other good players in the National League, including, speaking of World Juniors, we'll start with my lookout player as I pull up the lineup. It's Jordan Eberle. Can you believe it? This guy is just kicking along. It's so interesting when you look back at when he came up in those those upstart Oilers teams, right? They they thought they had their rebuild all figured out. It was Sam Gagne, it was Andrew Cogliano, and it was Jordan Eberle. And all three of those guys kind of turned out to be more role players throughout their careers. But I think Eberle's got a bit of a, a breath of fresh air. I know he spent some years on, on the island and, and was a complimentary player for them, but this might be one of the best offensive seasons he's had in a half decade 
as he's got 28 points in 37 games, turning himself into almost like that mentor type playing on the wing almost exclusively with Matthew Beneers throughout this season. But they've got some great chemistry. They both work similar puck possession games. So I think that Jordan Eberle is going to be a player to watch. And Speaking of World Juniors, Jordan Eberle, this is the building that he scored that goal against Russia in the semifinals. He's playing at right wing alongside Matty Beneers at center. And the leading scorer, Andre Burakovsky, who has 29 points on the season, is at left wing. Pilsy, I'll run through their whole lineup. If you're watching on YouTube, it's already up. And then I want your lookout player. It's Wenberg at center between Jaden Schwartz and Jared McCann. Yanni Gord in between Ellie Tolvanen and Oliver Bjorkstrand. And the fourth line is Morgan Geeky, Chris Tanev, and Daniel Sprong. On defense, Adam Larson with Vince Dunn, Jamie Alexiak with Jeff Schultz, and it's Carson Soucy with William Borgen in goal. Still no word whether it's Philip Grubauer or Martin Jones. Thank you for Tim Stutzler, Martin. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Although Martin Jones has been by far the better goalie between these two, and he hasn't even been that good. Like his numbers are very underwhelming as I'm, I'm looking here. Like either of these goalies, like Martin Jones, 17, five and three records. So you're thinking, wow, he's got to have good numbers, right? 284 goals against, not terrible, but not good. 893 save percentage there. And then you look at Philip Grubauer, three, seven and one record with a three, five, three goals against and an 881 save percentage. So sheesh. The Seattle Kraken as a team are 21, 12, and 4. They're on a three-game win streak, though, right now, Pelzi. Yeah, but when you go up against bottom feeders like the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's easy to rack up wins there. And they're coming off a 5-1 win. And Ross, my lookout player, he scored a goal in last night's game. If I asked you before we recorded, where do you think Jared McCann's goal was on Matt Murray and you nailed it? High glove. High glove. It was a great shot, don't get me wrong, but... Any shot, high glove on Matt Murray has a good percentage of going in. And any shot by Jared McCann, Ross, this year has a good percentage of going in. A 26.9% chance of going in, to be exact. As wow. this, this guy is an, on an absolute heater with 18 goals in 34 games. And we were talking about this uh, before we recorded, Ross. This Seattle Kraken team is so interesting because I coined it as... They have two second lines and two third lines. Like, neither one of these lines looks like a first line, and neither one is really like an obvious fourth line. They just have so much depth sprinkled out. But without a bona fide stud, like, Matty Beneers is on his way to being there. Let's let's not kid ourselves. He's a great player. But they don't take a lot of shots. Like, Andre Burkowski leads the team in shots with 88. If we go to your Ottawa Senators, Brady Kachuk leads the team in shots with 165. Like, That's double. It's, yeah, like you're looking at an insane amount. And then the Ottawa Senators even have a couple other guys. Debrinkit with 136 shots. Batherson with 119. The Kraken just are not putting a lot of shots on net. And I mentioned in last uh, last episode, who are the Kraken's really game breakers that I'm worried about? And like Jared McCann's probably the top guy here with 18 goals, even though... Obviously, a 26.9 uh, shooting percentage is not sustainable. He's been hot right now with a couple goals uh, recently. He had a golden assist last night as well. So that's going to be the one guy where I'm like, don't give him too much time and space because he's got a hot stick right now. Yeah, I like that. And, and an honorable mention, Matty Beneers, who's probably 
number one in caller voting right now. But if you remember, yeah. Matty Benier says, hey, where'd you learn your leadership from? He was the captain at the, um, or was it last World Juniors? Yeah, the summer one, the summer one. He was the captain. He said, everything I learned is from Jake Sanderson. So uh, I'm sure it'll be uh, some bragging rights on the line between those two buddies from the U.S. National Team Development Program. All right, Pilsy, the Ottawa Senators, give me a locked-on player. Uh, lines are still the same, so I'm just going to pull up the ones from Columbus. Stutzla will be between Kachuk and Giroux. Pinto between Dabrinkit and Batherson. Gambrell between Kelly and Lucchini. And Kastlik between Broussard and Watson. On defense, Shabbat Zub, Sanderson, Hamannick, Holden, and Branstrom. And there is no decision on a goalie for tomorrow, says DJ Smith. DJ also saying that Travis Hamannick is, quote, fine. So I would imagine he plays tomorrow night as well. Who is your locked-on player? My locked-on player is going to be newly named NHL All-Star Brady Kachuk. I mean, you're coming off an All-Star mention. You're the captain of this team. And this is a Seattle Kraken team where I think Brady can just dominate. Like, I think he can be a bully up against this team. Like, on the back end, they've got size for sure. But up front, not a lot of size. Not a lot of grit, not a lot of sandpaper. Like, no one's really playing a hard physical game from that lineup that I can really pinpoint. So, I think Brady Kachuk in front of the net, he's going to be able to wreak havoc. He's going to be able to win those battles for those loose pucks that come off rebounds. He's going to be able to um, outmuscle people to try to get in the slot and get in good positions. So I'm looking for a big game for Brady Kachuk here. And like we mentioned, the shot totals, not a lot of shots for the crack and Brady Kachuk over uh, shot totals, 3.5. You got to be hitting that every single game. I will be doing that. I recommend the same. So I'm going to be locked on to our captain, captain shit, Brady Kachuk. I'm going to look to his right and find a future all-star, Tim Stutzla, who's riding a six-game point streak heading into Saturday's game. He has five goals and eight points during that streak. And get this, Pilsy, he's averaging, averaging, 22 minutes a game over yeah. that stretch. This kid is the real deal. He's here. He's super, and he's perfect. So it's great to see him playing well. We need to band together and get Tim Stutzla to the all-star game. Now, the the wording is so erratic, whether it's starting on Thursday night or starting <laughs> yeah. on January 12th. It makes absolutely no sense. It's so NHL. It, it hurts me. But we figured it out. There is a link at Send Central. Nick Spence tweeted it. We retweeted that. Click the link. Go vote for Tim Stutzla. You can actually vote for two players and a goalie. I did Tim Stutzla, Claude Giroux, and Matt Murray for the jokes. And you can say whatever you want there as well. And then starting on January 12th, we are going full court press on Twitter and getting Tim Stutzla to the NHL All-Star game because it's deserved. I just read you the stats, Pilsy. This guy's point per game, 35 points in 34 games right now, and he's here to play. He's got one game winner on the year, Pilsy. I'm going to go out on the limb and say Tim Stutzla gets the game-winning goal in Seattle tomorrow night. Uh, Any final thoughts? I've got a couple notes here as we close the show. Belleville, by the way, in Syracuse tonight. Um, That's a big game, Ross. Hoping to build off that 5-1 win over the... Uh, Rochester Americans last week. And then the Manitoba Moose come to town for a game tomorrow night. Ross, are you going to be making the trip? The, we need you on color here. I know. 
No, no can do. It's kind of funny because they play, usually you would expect them to go and play two games like Belleville did when they came to Winnipeg. But instead, Manitoba did Toronto, Belleville, Laval, Belleville, Toronto. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird. That's a lot of uh, seemingly unnecessary travel there. Yeah. Well, moose like to move around. So, you know, <laughs> moose are extremely fast. I, I learned that They're- recently. Man, have you seen videos of them running through heavy snow, chasing down snowmobilers? It's insane. Yeah, it's super insane. Um, on the moose, this is, brings me perfectly into my final note for today's show. Stick taps to Rick Bonus, who Ooh, tonight yes. will coach in his 2600th NHL game. 2,600 wow. NHL games. I want to say that's as many games the Senators have played as a franchise. It was close because we just talked about uh, Dean Brown and Gord Wilson hitting 2,600, right? Yes. Well, and also remember when we, we saw at the father's trip, Keith Kachuk and Jeff Sanderson were together. I added up their total games played, and it was close to the Senators' all-time games, playoff, and regular crazy, season. Crazy. It's super impressive. Like To battle back after he went – from 2000 and or sorry from 1998 he went back to be an assistant coach for 5 years then got a 20 game stint with the Phoenix Coyotes who were a complete disaster i want to say he replaced Wayne Gretzky and i think it, so if that timing worked out he had two wins in 20 games with Phoenix Shit. then he had to wait 17 years before he returned to an NHL head coaching job he was an associate coach for Tampa and a few other teams along the way. And then his first year back as a head coach took his team to the Stanley Cup final in the COVID year. And now he's in Winnipeg as well. And 235 of his 2,600 NHL games came behind the bench of your Ottawa Senators to bring it back to the Sens. He was their inaugural coach in the first two years, Pilsy. (laughs) First two years coaching the Ottawa Senators. This might be the most bonkers stat you will ever hear. 84 game seasons. Math guy, 168 games. Nice. In 168 games, can you guess how many wins? 63. Dude, it's an expansion team. 45. 24. Oh, I knew it was bad, but man. He won 39 out of 235 games with the Ottawa Senators. That That's itself deserves an order of Canada or a medal or something for not going absolutely crazy there wow. as well. But yeah, that uh, it's a 204 win percentage, Pilsy. That's not tough. even a win, a points percentage because he had 18 ties in there as well. Oh, man. Yikes. Stick taps to him, and I'm sure his son Ryan Bonus sends assistant GM We'll yep. be watching that game tonight and and smiling on as the Tampa Bay Lightning are in Ottawa. And Pilsy, this brings me to the out-of-town scoreboard, or dare I say, the standings, the wildcard standings, as we take you into the weekend with an update on the wildcard situation right now. I have a question for you. Who do you want to win tonight? The Florida Panthers are playing the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit has games in hand on Ottawa. Ottawa's games in hand on Florida, but if Florida wins, they jump Ottawa in the standings. I think I want Florida to win. Like, honestly, I think Detroit's more of a threat. So if Florida gets the win and the games in hand scares me a little with the Red Wings. Yeah, so so don't be shocked when you see Ottawa fall down to seventh 
in the standings here tomorrow. It might actually be the best possible thing. Got to be regulation, though. We'll, we'll echo that. Got to be regulation. But don't worry about the teams around you. Worry about the teams ahead of you. Pittsburgh is on some kind of free fall. Only three wins yeah. in their last 10 games. Our friend over at Locked On Penguins is pulling his hair out. It seems like every time I look at his Twitter, he's, he's like, I have to talk about this game. <laughs> Buddy, you don't even want to know what we've been through over here. Yeah. Since oh. that Kunitz goal. You don't want to know. The New York Islanders also lost. So right now, mm-hmm. right now, as we record here on Friday morning, the Ottawa Senators are seven points back with two games in hand. And they play the New York Islanders twice in the next month and a half. Yeah, those are going to be big games. They also play Pittsburgh twice. Back to back, home and home Ooh. in two weeks. So you know where to stay locked on wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube for all the highs and lows and craziness that will be the next 50 some odd games of the NHL season. All right, Pilsy, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Go Belleville Sens go tonight and go Ottawa Sens go tomorrow night. Let's go. Hopefully they like Zach Ostapchuk can go back to back as we have to finish off giving some stick taps to the Sens' second-round pick from 2021, a two-time world junior gold medalist. For today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.